Hey everybody, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast. Uh, I hope you're all keeping safe and well in these crazy times that we find ourselves still in. Um, I hope you're managing to enjoy a little bit of the sunshine at least, we're certainly having here in the UK, not sure about the rest of the world. Uh, this week, I'm delighted to have Gustavo Ramos with me from um, a company called CoBlue, and CoBlue are actually a piece of OKR software based out of Brazil. Um, Gustavo, thanks for joining us. Uh, hey, Lawrence, it's a pleasure. It's uh, really, really, really nice to have you guys on the podcast. So um, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, communication when it comes to OKRs and um motivation within the organization and things like that but Gustavo if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself please um, okay so I first started working with OKRs in 2017 uh, at that time I joined CoBlue as an inside salesperson so I had this mission to sell our OKR platform and also professional services to help implement the methodology uh, cool. ended up as a customer success manager so I had this job of implementing OKRs uh, through trainings, and I ended up training uh, dozens of OKR ambassadors inside right. our customers. Right. Um, I, I've, I've actually became Kublu's own OKR ambassador you know, for our, our company OKRs. And then later, uh, it's been a few years, I've implemented OKRs in over 50 companies. I'm, I'm actually the chief revenue officer at Kublu right now. Right. And yeah, that's basically it. Okay, so you've done a few different things then. You, you started off in sales, but you moved into account management and, and you're, you're only, the own OKR master for Go Blue. Um, so you're doing, you're doing training within your clients as well as the chief revenue officer role as well? Um, yeah, I'm kind of doing both right now, but I'm trying to stay more um, in a more strategic role inside the company and start to train more other customer success managers so they can implement uh, in those in those customers but yeah i still, I still have a, a few ones that I'm, I'm definitely in touch with and as i have the whole vision of our customer success area i'm pretty uh pretty close to all the customers and their numbers and how their okr programs are actually working right so it, give, it gives me a very like wide vision because we have customers from so many different areas and uh, some work with maybe professional services, some are, are at tech companies, right? Uh, at, at everything you can imagine. Okay, so had you heard of OKRs before you started working for CoBlue? Um, actually not. It was definitely not in touch with uh, management models. I've heard of them uh, through college, uh, definitely, but I wasn't, uh, that's not really what I was working with. I really just get to meet, got to meet OKRs when I, when I joined Coblue. Okay, so you've gone from OKR novice to OKR master in a few short years then. Yeah, yeah, I definitely did. Uh, I had a, I had a lot of help. Uh, my business partners at Coblue, they are right. so used to, to business models. They've been working with it for over like 10 or maybe even nearly 20 years. Sure. And they're, they're very, they're also very passionate about it, just like me. So I've had this opportunity of going to maybe bigger companies that I, that I, uh, I would have normally access to and see how their OKR programs are doing. And that was very, very fortunate to me because I could, I could uh, take a shorter path to learning about the methodology Absolutely. and how it works. Yeah. So a much more efficient path. That's, that's really cool. So are a lot of companies in Brazil using OKRs now then? Are they gaining popularity? 
Uh, I think it's still a small thing. Uh, it's definitely growing. I, I can't mm-hmm. even say that, but um, m- most companies here are very used to models like balanced scorecard. Right. Um, and also there's a model here called management by guidelines, which is it's very popular here, but uh, I wouldn't say it's different from the principles of a, a traditional balanced scorecard model. Okay. Maybe a variation or something. So slightly more old school techniques still very popular out in Brazil then? Yeah, it, they are very popular. Some some principles for OKRs like transparency, for instance, are, are very hard to implement here. When you right. when you go into, especially into bigger companies, you're going to find some company cultures which are used to a very um, command and control uh, type mm-hmm. of culture. You know, where you uh, you kind of just make the you build those goals and then you just send them down. You know, you yes. don't you don't really have people participating in mm-hmm. actually building it, and that's what uh, make so that communication is a lot worse, which is one of the topics we're talking about today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there must be some real challenges you have then in terms of actually implementing OKRs with with your clients. Uh, are people are people quite um, willing to embrace it? Presumably, most people reach out to you first rather than you trying to educate them in what OKRs are. Um, yeah, they, they usually people come to us. They read a little bit of our content, so they're right. they kind of like know what they're, what they're going for. And as we, as we talk to them, we we try to make to understand like how, uh, how how many resources they have going for them. Because sometimes there's like one uh, one vice president or just one director that's really into OKRs, but then when you actually get to the inside the room with all the others, you realize that guy was the only one. Is actually willing to make the whole change. <laughs> so what do you do in that instance then? Do, do OKRs typically not work for those companies or is it just a longer battle? It, it is definitely a longer battle. Uh, we, we definitely have to go through a change management model uh, where we need to uh, fully analyze that company's culture, understand how their balanced scorecard model works um, and try to show actually uh, just the the things that the principle some principles that guided the way balance scorecard works in brazil they just don't work anymore so uh like i said like one of them is that transparency is more of a risk than it is a benefit that's mm-hmm. actually uh, that's not something that's loudly said but people feel like it you know they feel like uh, if they give a, a higher level of transparency instead of seeing it as a big benefit they actually you see it as a risk, you know, and right. some some other principles that, that, that work around OKRs, uh, you, you need to uh, really try to go through all of them and show, for instance, there's, there's another one that here, it's still very common for people to plan multiple years ahead. Right, okay. And so why do they do that? Because they, they have this idea, this uh, under, under underlying idea, I guess. That uh, you you can definitely plan for multiple years ahead because you you can foresee what's going to happen, and you're in a very static kind of environment that not not much is going to change. So, and they, what they fail to see is that the environment is definitely dynamic, and you would need a dynamic model to a dynamic approach for your company in order mm-hmm. to fully take opportunity of this dynamic. Uh, scenario that we're, we're in right now that's really interesting that's really interesting um 
because yeah, I mean, the whole point of OKRs really is to be able to make you agile enough to keep on responding to an ever-changing world. Um, and of course, you need those big, high-level goals to align into. But I, I don't think you can quite plan out the next few years um, and still make OKRs work. Have you um, have you faced any other conflicts then whilst implementing OKRs with with some of your clients? Um, usually. Um, our, our main conflicts are around like those things like transparency and um, showing the importance of having more people collaborating in the goal setting process. So it's, it's very common here that only the top level management participates in goal setting. Right. And because they, at first glance, they don't see the, quite like the value of having more people participating in the process and giving their insights as if uh, mostly top-level management has all the, the insights they need to build mm. that from top down. So I'd say that's what definitely one of the challenges, showing the value that people on other parts of the company uh, have and that they have valuable insights because they're the people who are in the front lines talking to the customer every day and during Absolutely. sales or, or marketing, uh, doing those those operations. So they definitely yeah. have a few a few insights that, Maybe someone who's in a, a very different company management level, they they won't be able to see. Uh, it's not a, a matter of being like better or worse. It's just different views that could sum up to more complete view of the organization. Uh, so that's definitely a challenge in you know, showing. Yeah. So like value said, in this whole process. Like you said earlier, it's very much still a command and control sort of mindset out there. Then. It is. It definitely is. Mm. Um. What about dealing with business as usual areas that, that might be resistant to the model of OKRs then? Have you come across that as a conflict at all? Um, yeah, we, we definitely did. I think that's very common from everyone I've talked to about OKRs with, uh, dealing with business as usual areas. Um, usually what they do is that they're very used to KPIs. So right. at first they, they think the moment they implement OKRs, they're going to lose all the other KPIs. Mm. and what we have usually tell them is that there's that's not what's going to happen. Like you can have OKRs and KPIs. You can have a whole lot. Of, you can have a whole lot of uh, KPIs uh, in the dashboard, maybe. But then you're just going to feel like uh, pick a few one, a few ones, a few ones uh, that you actually want to work with, uh, and that you're going to work in a quarter-based system, uh, and definitely focus on those ones. And yes. Just to try to show them that they cannot make every single number in the company better in a single quarter. So uh -huh. they need to uh, let some uh, KPIs uh, in standby mode and then focus on those OKRs. And then when, when they can see this this thing, like with both OKRs and KPIs working sim simultaneously, but having your OKRs, your main focus of change and KPIs more like company health, uh, I, I feel like they feel more secure to, yeah. to start working with OKRs. Yeah, that's a fantastic way of putting it. That's certainly resistance that we've seen as well. Um, and and I think I think there's a, a bit of a myth out there that OKRs are a replacement for KPIs, which of course is just not the case at all. Um, yeah, I, I see that a lot. Uh, people are usually th they think like if you implement OKRs, you're, you're going to lose uh, KPIs for sure, and that's yeah. not the case. They are they can complement each other and and make your, your management model more complete absolutely uh, yeah, completely agree
Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs, helping your teams achieve their objectives, getting them aligned, and absolutely helping them stay engaged. Sharing spreadsheets simply doesn't scale when you're trying to grow a business. With Koan, you can scale OKRs across your entire company whilst keeping the teams motivated and moving in the right direction. Now, Lawrence, there's lots of things we love about Koan, but tell me one of yours. So I've got to say, one of my favorite things is that Koan just allows you to have a bit of fun with the OKR process. Yeah. Um, in, in series two, I think it was episode three of this podcast, we actually... <laughs> spent about half an hour, 40 minutes, talking about the importance of making OKRs fun for your team. Yeah. Um, and, and Koan allows you to do that perfectly. Yeah. You know, even just things like adding a, a gift to, to your reflections adds some real personality. And I think I probably waste far too much time each week looking for the perfect gift, to be honest. But <laughs> it, it allows that fun throughout the organization. And that's something that's really important if you're going to keep people engaged. You are known for having the best gifts Thank you in, very much. in the team, definitely. <laughs> so if you would like to find out more about how to make OKRs fun uh, whilst using a great system, then pop along to uh, Koan, that's K-O-A-N.co forward slash giants where you'll find also a great paper that we co-wrote with them on how to build accountability and collaboration using OKRs. Um, okay, cool. So we've, we've talked about kind of the, the challenges you guys have faced whilst trying to implement OKRs with other businesses then. Um, it, it sounds to me like the companies where you're really driving success, they're, they're starting to use OKRs for alignment and, and maybe setting priorities. Is that right? Uh, it, it definitely is. Um, uh, as we come from a, a very structured balanced scorecard model where you always have four main objectives, which are the, those four perspectives from the balanced scorecard model that people may remember. Yeah. Um, there, there's this myth that you can focus on multiple things at once every single quarter. So uh, usually what we try to do is, okay, you, can, you cannot do every, everything in a single quarter, so we need to, to set some priorities. And OKR is a very good way to do that and to communicate that across company. Yeah. And yeah, alignment is definitely, definitely an issue uh, that companies are trying to solve and may, one of the main reasons they're implementing OKRs for. Uh, because when, when you come with those older models where people, especially on the, in the bottle of the company, the bottom, they, they just wouldn't participate. They are mm. certainly things that they do on, on a daily basis are not connected to the company strategy. Right. Because they just don't know the company strategy at all. They never not have uh, access, access to that information. It's a, uh, when you go into big companies here, it's a real, uh, I think it's a taboo uh, yeah. to, ha to have people knowing, let's say, other, uh, other teams' goals. So you only know goes right. in a very vertical way but you, you don't you can't really see them that's a wow. very uh, common thing people would request in our software uh, for the last few years like can, can we make it so you cannot see other teams because uh, that would maybe expose them or something of, of, and then we just try to argument and understand there's uh, why they think like this and but yeah uh, okay uh, what we usually say is okay you can work in a very vertical way uh, but What's going to happen, most likely, and it almost always happens, is that those people are going to lose sight from what other areas in the company are doing. And 
they're they're not going to be able to work together. It's they're going to work as souls. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, when you when you come from a culture like this, when where you can't see the company strategy, you, you kind of like can't see other teams, so you're very res- restricted to seeing your own team and maybe just only maybe your manager and a few coworkers. Uh, there, there's definitely a lack of alignment uh, because there's just not not enough uh, transparency to provide alignment. Mm. And I can imagine then in in that sort of culture where there's no visibility of the company's strategy or what other teams are doing. People are basically just working in order to get their bonus at the end of the month or the end of the quarter. And it, it, people are just working for themselves rather than the bigger picture. Uh, it is definitely a bonus-oriented culture. Uh, just wanted to make a, a, a small disclaimer from everything I've been saying. We definitely have a strong startup scene in Brazil. Yes. Uh, and, and we have those companies... Um, Definitely pushing pushing OKRs forward, yeah. and they're they're very they have a, a very different mindset from everything I've been saying up to now. Oh, yeah. uh, I'm mainly referring to the the bigger, more established companies that we more have in the country. Companies. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about one of those then. Let's talk about um, you guys at Co Blue. I mean, I would I would probably put yourselves in that category um, of of one of the young, exciting startups coming out. Um, I understand you're using OKRs to drive communication. Um, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, so basically, what we think is that communication is one of the key factors that make companies efficient, mm. and that's going to help them execute their strategy properly. Because what happens most of the times is, as communication is not a very established thing, uh, people are not. Uh, they don't. They don't have a clear vision of the company strategy. So what we try to do here to drive communication is there, there are a few practices I'd say, but first one is trying to make sure that in our check-in meetings we have uh, everyone uh, that needs to be involved, like most as as many people that need to be involved as possible. So uh, let's say like here we have our marketing, sales, and customer success areas. They're they're very integrated. And one of the ways that we, we got to this point where those areas, they feel very close to each other is by having uh, check-in meetings with everyone. Um, of course, as your company becomes bigger, it's harder to have every single person, but at least some, some people representing all of those teams. And what we used to do before when we started working with OKRs is that we would have separate check-in meetings for every team. And right. then we, we, we would use our, like the, our platform to make sure everyone was aligned. Yeah. But we've seen a very big gains from just having those teams together, you know, mapping those interdependencies mm-hmm. among teams and making sure that those teams who who've all, we've already mapped as interdependent, that they have their check-in meetings together and every other OKR routine, like OKR reviews uh, and score, uh, scores in the end, you know, yeah. making sure that those routines, they happen together and that those people are talking and that they have a very... Um, we have a very open environment so that if you're maybe from a marketing team and you see a possibility to improve a customer success OKR, you can definitely tell them during the meeting or after the meeting. But we have that as a very, people feel really free to do that on a weekly basis. Well, that's really cool. So um, tell us about feed forwards then as well, because I know that's something that you guys uh, use at Code Blue, which might be a new term for most of us listening. 
Uh, yeah, so uh, we understand there are two concepts, which are feedbacks and feedforwards. Uh, they're both very important, and they have uh, each of them have a, a place in company management. So let's say feedbacks. Uh, it's usually uh, we're talking about something that's already happened. It's kind of like what the what the name says, you know. So yeah, uh, you, you're talking about some behaviors or maybe some achievements or projects or OKRs that that person yeah. has already done, and, and you're looking into it. And then when you go for feed forwards, you try to um, understand the, the, the scenario you're in and, this, and the whole environment and then give them advice of what they should do next. So it's a lot yeah. more focused on future. And what we usually do is that we have our check-in meetings and then right after that, we, we usually have enough information to know who, people, who, who are the people that we need to talk to and give proper feed forwards to. So it's very clear for them that um, what, what their manager thinks of them, uh, what they think about uh, the OKR progress from this moment, and and they receive kind of like advices or tips of how they could improve the, that performance. Maybe that there's someone in the company they should talk to, or there's some uh, some place they should read a certain content that's going to help them achieve their result. Uh, so it's usually. A lot of about giving advice. It's a thing that the manager should definitely do, but a lot more focused on on the future and a lot a lot more related to the OKRs themselves. So usually when we do those feed forwards, they're very related to the OKRs. I've I've got to say I think this is a fantastic concept, and it's the first time I've I've come across it used in this context. Um, but actually, I think those sort of um, looking as much as you can look forward as possible and start to identify what the blockers are going to be. Just the the more chance of success you're going to have when you come to implement these things later down the line, um, you know, you really are setting yourself up in the best possible way. So I, I've got to say, I think for the listeners out there listening to this podcast now, I would really recommend um, starting to use this concept. And even if you've not started with OKRs yet, Think about the OKR process even. Um, you know, what is it that's going to derail OKRs as a process for you as a company over the next three, six, 12 months if you go ahead with it? And, and once you've identified those things, you can do something about it rather than having to be reactive at the time as they're happening or worst case scenario, have the whole OKR um, project fail for you as a business, which, which would be killer. Um, so I love that Gustavo feed forwards. That's definitely a, a, a learning point for this podcast. Yeah, I think like we, we do we do have feed forwards and feedbacks. So what we usually yeah. do is that every after every check in meeting, which is something we do weekly, uh, we have those feed forwards. Uh, but but then like monthly, we have those one on one talks uh, with the with with every person. Uh, they they are a little bit more feedback oriented. So it's like every week we, we're going to help you um, make sure that you have a better performance next week. And then at the end of a quarter, we can talk about what happened. So yes. you, you have those you have those two. Uh, they don't happen at the same time, but I think they're both necessary. And if, if possible, you, you should have both. And even if you still don't have an, an OKR program uh, working right now, you can mm -hmm. definitely do it related to maybe your Scrum um uh let's yeah. say you have the, the that planning the start of the week for some for uh, what you're going to develop in your in your uh, product and then after the meeting you could definitely 
uh, reach out to some people who are having bigger difficulties and and give them some feed forwards. Absolutely. And by the end Probably. of a quarter, I think when you have feed forwards, feedbacks, and OKRs, all three things working in the same company, uh, it's definitely going to be uh, going. Uh, it's going to be a lot better because you're going to yes. complement each other. You, you're going to have OKRs as a central theme in your feed forwards. Uh, mm. So you make sure that you're actually giving feed forwards about things that matter to the company, about those priorities. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. No, I think, think you're absolutely spot on. I think if you've got all three of those working harmoniously, you're going you're gonna to have a pretty powerful machine on your hands, actually, which is, which is excellent. Um, brilliant. Right. Well, it's been, been a really great conversation um, and definitely some learning points for our listeners. But finally, Gustavo, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a company that was either about to kick off their OKR journey um, or perhaps are in the, the early stages of doing so, the first two or three, two or three cycles? Uh, there, there's one thing that we, we talk a lot, a lot about here in Kabul. Uh, people who work with inbound marketing, they know the that marketing um, funnel. I guess that's mm. what you said. Yeah. Uh, which goes through uh, those early stages where people are still trying to uh, understand what their problem is, and then they're reading about possible solutions, and then they're actually looking for, looking for a solution. So try to apply that when explaining about OKRs to people. If you when you try when you try to sell someone a solution for a problem they don't, they don't acknowledge that they have uh, there may be a lot of resistance so mm-hmm. try to think about the marketing funnel of inbound marketing when you're uh, trying to convince other people in the company to implement OKRs you know go for sure. go for the first start you know make sure that they all acknowledge that the, those problems exist that transparency is a thing that could have better that you could be more agile and respond to crisis uh, just like the ones we're having right now. And uh, as long as they understand those problems and it's very clear for everyone, when you start talking to them and trying to convince them that OKR is one of those possible solutions, you're going to see that it's going to be a lot easier. So yeah. like, t- take it slow, uh, m- make sure that they, they get those points first, and then you're going to have a very uh, much easier experience. I think that's a fantastic piece of advice because, you know, People like me and yourself, Gustavo, but also the guys that are listening to this podcast, I think we're very good at getting really excited about OKRs, realizing how awesome they are, building up our knowledge, building up our expertise, and then being confident enough to give it a go. But being so excited about the fact that we're going to give it a go, um, that we forget that everybody else doesn't have the same level of knowledge that we've just spent hundreds of hours acquiring. Um, and they're actually you know, back at point zero where they may have never even heard of OKRs. So I do think, as much as I don't want to kill anyone's enthusiasm, that is fantastic advice that there is, you know, a funnel that you have of education that you have to go through to build up the motivation in others as well whilst you're getting going. Yeah, I say that because we've seen it multiple times, you know, some very passionate people uh, trying to implement OKRs in their company. Sometimes it's the CEO. Uh, which makes it a little easier, but sometimes it's some, someone else. It's one of those, yeah. one of the managers that's very passionate about it. His, he read multiple hours about it, a lot of content. He's read books, and yeah. then he, he goes all excited. And then we start telling people about it. Uh, they, they get a little resistant. Like, okay, are we going to change everything? We're going to change our management model. Those are very important things in the company. Are you sure? And then 
they, they they may scare people instead of instead of excite them. You know? Yes, no, I completely agree. Um, Gustavo, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank, thanks a lot for the opportunity. No problem at all. It's been a, a really great conversation. Really interesting to hear from somebody else that's implemented them within other companies in a completely different culture to the culture that, that I'm used to working in and I'm sure some of our other listeners are used to. Um, guys listening, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Um, once again, if you can, um, if you enjoy the podcast, please go to whatever platform you listen to it on and leave us a review. That would be fantastic. We'd really, really appreciate that. Um, and until next time, stay home, stay safe, look after each other. Um, and I'm sure we'll be back to rocking and rolling soon. But if there's anything else you'd like to hear, just use the hashtag Giant Talk as always. And we'll speak to you again soon. Cheers. Bye.